Each and every week, I talk to very interesting people, and the most important part is that I shouldn't be the only one hearing it. I really feel that if these people make sense to me, that everyone out there needs to hear it. So stay tuned, folks, and I hope you enjoy this newest weekly segment on Coach Bissons. Well, folks, this is the time of the show where we go out around the world and find someone who's making a difference, and if you pay taxes at all... You're going to love this segment or hate this segment, but you're at least going to get informed with this segment. We're going to go to Melbourne, Florida. We're going to join Matt Nye, the tax guy, and he's also the chairman of the Republican Liberty Caucus. Matt, welcome in. Good morning. Thanks for having me. How do you like that uh, intro? You never heard that before. I don't know about the tax guy. I've been called lots of guys, but the tax guy is not one of them. So. <laughs> you never heard that before, have you? <laughs> no. no. So who is the Republican Liberty uh, Caucus, by the way? So the Republican Liberty Caucus is essentially the libertarian wing of the Republican Party. It was founded back in 1991 by some uh, big L libertarians that decided uh, the libertarian party was not going to be able to effect change because of the way the laws are written to favor the dominant two parties. Uh, So they decided they were going to work within the Republican Party to promote the uh, small L libertarian ideals, you know, free markets, individual rights, and uh, limited government. So, uh, like I say, been around 25 years now, or 20, yeah, 26 years, and uh, total grassroots organization, all volunteers. We've got charters in about 38 states now, uh, and we basically do two things: we work to uh, promote the libertarian ideals from within the Republican Party itself. We try to get our people into positions in the various uh, Republican committees, and then, of course, we also endorse candidates, you know, try to get candidates elected that support our values. So uh, for your listeners, if you like Rand Paul or Thomas Massey or Mike Lee, those are the types of individuals, Mark Sanford uh, in your area, uh, those are the types of individuals that we get behind and support. Well, I, I'll tell you, I test out at a 98% libertarian, so I, you're, you're preaching right. the choir here. And, and my, my, my famous phrase, everyone always groans about April 15th when tax day comes. Some people extend it for six more months before they do their return, but they still have to send the money, and they're groaning about the money, and there's so much government waste, even on a local level. I'll use the Raleigh, North Carolina as an example. Some bright bulbs over there decided to pay $250,000 for a logo on the city, even though they already had a city seal. And the logo came back a oak tree with the word Raleigh on it. That's $250,000. Thomas, my producer, is over there laughing. Thomas, you and I, and probably Matt, we're all in the wrong profession. We should be designing logos for cities. <laughs> but, you know, it, it really makes me mad, Matt, when you look at the waste. And then I, I, I talked to this uh, somebody about this one time on a plane, which was a big mistake because I didn't know who the person was. And he said that my waste, me and me, your waste, he said, your waste, Pete, is my windfall because he was a lobbyist. So that's uh-huh. a, and he basically he had been drinking a little bit, evidently, because he had a pretty loose tongue that day. But what can we do <laughs> to get rid of some of these taxes? Uh, well, you just hit the nail on the head. The problem now is that at least at the federal level, the income tax revenue, you know, the, the tax revenue is completely detached from spending. So because there's no balanced budget requirement, there's no correlation between what they spend and what they take in. Um, so that's problem number one. At least here, like in Florida, we have a balanced budget uh, amendment as part of our constitution or it's part of the constitution. So you know, we don't have to worry about that part. But at the same time, like you say, if they 
are spending like drunken sailors, of course, by virtue of the fact that it's a balanced budget requirement, then you know taxes will be high as well. So step number one is a balanced budget amendment for the federal government, and then that would – I think you, you would see taxes would basically go up even more right, to cover the deficit, uh, and then you'd have people screaming for change. Hopefully, you would have people screaming for change. It's surprising uh, that we don't have that already. But you have people um, screaming for change with this health care fiasco, yet nothing's happening. And, and premiums continue to double and triple every single year for the people that are paying. Of course, unfortunately, the people who are paying are almost in the minority. So the people that are getting it free, they're going to keep voting the people in. They keep giving it free. Sure. And, you know, again, go, this you just touched on a key thing. The Republicans have this amazing ability to uh, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> so like you say, they, they have – uh, you know, they were given everything they asked for. All they had to do was just the very basic, you know, honor the very basic campaign promises they made, repeal Obamacare. Um, honestly, I didn't hear much, you know, at least from Trump in terms of cutting spending. So I'm not sure uh, we should have had high hopes for that. But um, the Republicans consistently failed to follow through. And that's why, you know, you saw the dismal turnout that you saw in the election the other day. Uh, I think we're already seeing you know, the, the, the discontent, the, the people are frustrated, they're growing apathetic. And uh, I've, I've said many times on interviews uh, prior to this one, the issue in the next cycle is not going to be, it's not that the Democrats are going to offer some great alternative to the Republicans. It's the fact that the Republican voters are going to be pissed off and they're just going to sit it out. And so you're going to have low turnout and the Democrats are going to, you know, of course, they're all pumped up because they hate Trump. Uh, so they'll have good turnout, and, and the Republicans will have squandered a once-in-a-generation opportunity to really make some good changes. I'm amazed at the local-level apathy. And we had local elections just the other day, and we yep. were lucky in, in any state to, or any local municipality to get 25% return of people showing up to vote. And then we see what happens locally, like I just mentioned, the city of Raleigh, where the uh, city council and mayor get together and spend outrageous money because they, they think it's their money. And it's really not. Yeah. And, and you guys have a good example. And, and by the way, folks, we're talking to Matt Nye, who is chairman of the Republican Liberty Caucus, and he's joining us from Melbourne, Florida. Matt, you're in a really good example of a state who does not have a state income tax, yet seems to do pretty well uh, for, the, for their citizens. Yeah, we're, uh, we're very fortunate in that respect. I mean, the, the, uh, right now, Florida is controlled by Republicans. All three houses are... Uh, controlled by Republicans. And, you know, I, I can I can find lots of things to find fault with. But the one big thing for us, like you say, is no income tax, again, because we have a balanced budget amendment there. It's impossible for them to really screw us up too bad. Um, you, you know, you mentioned the low turnout in the municipal elections. Uh, I've got you beat here in some of the areas I was looking at. The turnout was only 12 and 15 percent. Crazy. And, you know, it's it's exactly what you said. People do not realize the city council or a county commission has a far more direct impact on your life than your congressman does. Uh, you know, they're the ones that are voting on your property taxes. They're the ones voting, like you say, on things like that logo for a quarter million dollars. I've got, you know, I've been active here in my area for the last 10 years as kind of a citizen watchdog. And I've got horror story after horror story that's, you know, very similar to what you just described. And, you know, that money, they end up jacking up your property taxes to pay for that $250,000 logo. So um, it, it, there just seems to be a real disconnect between 
uh, the average citizen, and I think it goes back, you know, this goes back into education, and of course the government controls the school system and so on, but, uh, you know, you, you just don't really have civics. Uh, civics aren't taught like they were, you know, when we were growing up, so... I think that's part of the problem. Seems like any time a politician tries to make a stand and at least doesn't allow increases in spending, the other side goes wild and starts uh, bringing children out and saying you're going to affect their education, all that. Now, and they talk about budget cuts, but really, uh, not increasing it is looked at as a cut these days, which is crazy. It doesn't it make has, any sense to me. It, it really, yeah, it's amazing how they control the language, right? Where they change the definitions, yep. like you say, where the fact that it's not automatically getting increased is considered a cut, and it's like, well, wait a second, what world are you? You know, what, what dictionary are you using? <laughs> <laughs> Their own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, and that's and that's how they win. I mean, that's exactly they set up these false alternatives. Uh, you know, we the the Republicans have always been not not very good at messaging, um, and I think that's you know one of the reasons we seem to lose on the health care debate. You look at, you know, the, the basic, the Republicans folded on the most essential issue of the health care uh, debate, which was, are pre-existing conditions going to be covered? Because insurance, by definition, involves risk. Absolutely. And so if you say that, if you say you're going to cover pre-existing conditions, it's no longer insurance. Now it's an entitlement program, and all we're arguing about is, like you said earlier, who's going to pay for whose health care? Well, where do you draw the line is what I say, because, look, uh, why, why buy auto insurance if the government will come in and say, hey, you can buy insurance on your car after you wreck? Or why buy sure, life insurance right. if you can buy life insurance the day after somebody dies? That's the word insurance. Yeah, Basically, you're pooling your resources with other people smart enough to, to know ahead of time something may happen. And it, it's not fair to the people that are paying to give it free to other people who aren't, and especially uh, people that have preexistent conditions. I feel sorry for them, but that's not what insurance is for. That's correct. And, and, but what's so amazing is, like you said, the Republicans will not take that stand because they're afraid of being accused of being heartless and cruel. And like you say, they want old people to die and so on. Well, so, Matt, they're going to have, they're uh, going to be accused of that regardless because the media is against them and the media is you just, you, I say that all the time is the, the, the media is so biased. It doesn't <laughs> matter. They're going to say that anyway. So why not do the right thing and follow through on what you promised? It's like that's, trying to pet a vicious right. lion. I'm going to be nice to the lion. He's going, I'm going to give him a piece of meat, and he's going to leave me alone. No, he's going to finish that meat and then come for you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, this has been a great conversation. I want to have you back on in 2018 to talk about you know what's happened, which I have a feeling. Unfortunately, I have a crystal ball in my office. It doesn't work. But I don't even need a crystal ball for this. Not much is going to happen between now and when we talk next, I don't think, tax-wise. You know, it, yeah, I was going to say, sadly, it looks like they're not even going to be able to get this tax reform done. And, Crazy. and, you know, what they're what they're asking for is not that significant. That's what, again, you know, they, they really uh, have a historic opportunity to make some dramatic changes. And once again, they're just basically nibbling around the edges. So in uh, the fact that they can't get that done is uh, or that's what it looks like. They're not going to be able to get it done is significant. So. Matt, if they couldn't get health care done with the outrageousness that even made it pass and all the backstories about how they knew it was not going to be what it, what it was being sold as, and, and they had a majority in all houses, where the House and the Senate and, and the presidency, and of course there were some rhinos there, but even with that, they couldn't get it done. They're not going to get this tax stuff done at all. Not how we want it. And right, and that's what, what's so amazing is you would think tax reform would just be a, something really easy for the Republicans, right? <laughs> that's supposed to be one of the basic Republicans, Republican planks in the platform is less government, lower taxes. And uh, like I say, the fact that they can't even get it together on that is very disheartening. And I think you're right. You know, when you mentioned not needing the crystal ball, I think you're already seeing. <laughs> 
you know, the voter, the voter turnout, if they can't get their act together and follow through on what they promised, uh, they're not going to get that turnout. They're definitely not going to have the grassroots support. They're not going to have those people that volunteered. Uh, you know, I know here in Florida, uh, we had some people working, you know, really, really hard for Trump and you know, all the other Republican candidates. And you're not going to get that type of work ethic out of them uh, the next cycle if there's no follow through. Well, if you don't keep a promise, there's no need to work for somebody who's not keeping promises. And I haven't seen a single promise kept yet. That's no, that's exactly right. And I remember, you know, going all the way back to uh, uh, prior to, to Romney winning the nomination, I had I did a speech up in Jacksonville, and I predicted that if Romney was the nominee, <laughs> uh, he was he would be wiped out by Obama because nobody is going to get out of bed to go work for the guy that's proposing Obamacare White. You know, it's yeah. like, hey, if, if I got to choose between Obamacare, Obamacare Light, who cares? You know, at that point, just stay home. And that's well, what they did. It's, it's hard to walk without a backbone, much less fight. And unfortunately, we have a party, the Republican Party, there's a lot of non-backbone people in there, unfortunately. And uh, again, folks, his name is Matt Nye. Matt, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. Talk and to you soon. Folks, if you uh, want to hear this interview again in its entirety, you can always go to financialsafari.com. You can share it with friends or relatives. It also will be on coachlistens.com. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Good job, Matt.